Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to be honest, Alan. I didn't know you had so many Megazords. I think you've maybe shown me like three of them at a time. I'm so happy they're all out now. I may have bought three last week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you. What box of something do you have next to Thor's hammer? It's a safe off marshmallow, man. (laughs) That was better than I could have imagined. I'm so happy you have that Uh, there. I also have my Walkman. Ooh. And a screen-used coin from the bank robbery in Spider-Man 2. Wait, how do you have that? eBay. So it's probably that's, not real. <laughs> still, that's very cool. Um, but yeah, the Megazords. I got a few of them at Ollie's last week for like less than $5 each because it's Ollie's and it's awesome. Do you have the Trainazord? No. No? <laughs> Dang. I that's my the, favorite one. I have the one from our, everyone's favorite Power Rangers movie, the Turbozord. <laughs> it's just cars. I'm so mad. Why? And, and I, I don't know why I don't like that. The other one is just animals. Yeah, but the animals are cool. I don't know. I like animals more than like just cars. And it has a spot to put cars to, to have them roll out. Wait, yeah, really? See? Yeah. Do you have the cars in there? No. Oh. I I might have them somewhere, but this is a fascinating conversation for everyone who tuned in for George of the Jungle. Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. Guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch this podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about Dev- Disney Devin's latest Disney pick. Uh, I didn't George realize the- this was Disney. Yeah. You I, I truly, re- oh my truly, God. I didn't. I truly, until I found it on Disney Plus today, I was like, this was Disney? Wh- which is, you, like, you just found out today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into that later. Um, <laughs> this week, we're going to, the our segment where we talk about things that we've been watching in pop culture returns, uh, because while we, we, we still support the writer's strike, but since we made our decision to not cover newer stuff, the... Uh, SAG-AFTRA and Writers Guild of America have come out about what, who can cover what and who can talk about what. Um, as critics and reviewing stuff goes, we're fair game. We're going to talk about some stuff um, because they said we can. And we're going to. So we're going to start off with a, a, a returning show that uh, Ryan and I have both watched. Uh, Ryan, you want to talk a bit about what we've been watching? Yes. So for the so for the third time or second time, third, 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 third time, third time, yeah. So f- for the third time, Futurama has come back from being canceled. Um, wow. With a so far, really good. I mean, I've I've only been able to watch the first two episodes of of the new season that came out, 
Um, because I think they're at three now, right? Yes. Yeah, th- th- they're at three. Um, this is this is a show that I've been watching ever since the first episode aired in like uh in nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Um, I have the box set of everything except for this coming season. Uh, I cosplayed, and my wife has cosplayed as 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 uh as Fry and Leela. So the show means a lot to me. Uh, so, with a, a satire cartoon means a lot to me. That's yeah, that probably says a lot more about myself than I w- than I really wanted to. Um, but I've been looking forward to this. I'm ecstatic about it. I've I've been happy with it. Alan, how's your have have you been? <laughs> have you been? I I too remember the very first episode of Futurama airing uh, back in '99. Um, it's the same show. Like it, it, it's the same. Like they pick they, the some of the jokes are more modern. So yeah, yeah, they make Bitcoin jokes. Um, oh, but it because I guess Bitcoin's still a thing in a thousand years. Yay! <laughs> oh no, um, our future's awful. Yeah, we are, we live in the darkest timeline. Um, yes, it's the same show. <laughs> it, it's yeah. It's this like what what's great about it is it's the same show. Like it. The, the characters are the same. The, the jokes are, this, are the same. Like, it's the same sense of humor. It hasn't changed since it got canceled. They do a great job of continuing the show after that finale, the series finale, and it still makes sense. Um, I want I kind of, part of me, like, wishes we were in a world where they didn't get Don Dim- John DiMaggio back as Bender because I really wanted to see what they would do with that if they couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we live in a world where all the characters... Act, voice actors are changing because um, and they have to address it like oh yeah you sound different now yeah we're not going to talk about it like that that's pretty much <laughs> the thing that's happening now with yeah. who oh um, pretty much anyone the guy from Rick and Morty voiced yeah totally fair totally and, fair and a bunch of characters on the Simpsons sound different like Dr. Hibbert and Apu mm-hmm. if they ever if they ever show him anymore right um, the one thing I will say like I, as emotional as Ryan gets for Futurama, that's how I am for The Simpsons. And uh, the one thing, one thing The Simpsons has over Futurama is it's never been canceled. So <laughs> true, but then you don't get the, the writers uh, ba- basically poking fun at themselves for getting canceled and then coming back. And in fact, uh, this is something that I uh, I had a friend reach out to me uh, about what I thought about the first episode of the season. And to be perfectly honest, never expect anything great or amazing from from a post-cancellation Futurama episode. Because all they're going to do is make jokes about how they were canceled and came back <laughs> the entire show. And they did that for a third time with this season opener. Um, and I think, uh, uh, like the main people behind the show, uh, put their true feelings behind a little speech that Fry gives <laughs> at the end of the episode, which is kind of a joke, but kind of not when you really dig down into what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the reason why it was canceled is because Futurama is a sci-fi comedy series. And because it's sci-fi, it doesn't have as big of an audience pull as a mainstream show like The Simpsons does. They they do occasional sci- sci-fi stuff. It's not permanently set in the future. So I feel like that's why Futurama never really 
had the lasting power as the Simpsons did, which is fine. But now I can I can look at anything Futurama and be like, hey, it's the guy from Fortnite. <laughs> oh no, you can shoot. Yeah, I forgot Ev- they added them. Evidently, there's some controversy about that too because the oh God, the, the Futurama skins are bigger than the other skins, so the hitbox is bigger. So you, they're pretty much pay to lose. Perfect. I can't wait yeah. to buy them. Yes, same. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm more excited for the the Zoidberg emote that they have. Which is, is it? Just, is, is it? You can make any character go. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yes. So it's I'm, only one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna like wipe out a whole squad and just have Darth Vader doing that. Like it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So my only thing with this, and you guys know me. I loved Meanwhile, the the series original or the previous or previous most recent series finale of Futurama, where Leia yeah. and Fry get stuck in a time loop. I love that. Does this cheapen it at all? That's my like only worry. No, no, it, no that's right. still that's still okay. canon. Like all of that still Is happens. It? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. It, it actually opens with that. It opens with them going back. So. Oh, yeah. good. Okay, good, good, good. Now I'm happy. Yeah, I was worried it, they'd like retcon it or something. No. Yeah, no, um, no. In in fact, like I said, the, the the first season, the first episode does a good job of connecting it to the f- season, f- to the season finale, from the last time it aired. Um, okay. And I really think, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that first episode is just a critique of modern show viewing. Mm-hmm. I almost yeah. said culture there, but that's not the right word. Like, yeah, it's just the way people me. watch shows now. No, yeah, no, like, it, yeah. Digging, you hit gold. It's I'm a sold. critique of it. It's yeah. talking about binge binge watching culture. So, yeah, Shoot, yeah. love it. Make yeah, fun of yeah. me, Futurama. Do it more. Yeah, no, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can't wait. Can't and, wait. Thank and you. Devin, because this is on Hulu in the states, that means it's on Disney Plus where you are. It is. I saw it this morning. I was so excited when well, I found out George of the Jungle was also we'll, there. We'll talk. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll oh talk about God. that later. Um, uh, yeah, so Devin, definitely check that out. Um, yes. I've been watching, and just finished this yesterday, season two of Good Omens on Amazon with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. And for some reason, a naked John Hamm. Um, Not for some reason. That should be yeah. in every show. Th- that's in that. every poster for this that I pulled. Like, like I was looking for it's just <laughs> naked John Hamm. Um, if you don't know, th- if you don't know Good Omens, it's about uh, an angel and a demon who live on Earth, and tr- the, the in the original they, they try to prevent Armageddon. Uh, this is the sequel to that. Uh, there was never a sequel in the books mm-hmm. because the co-writer Terry Pratchett passed away before they could do anything. Uh, but him and Neil Gaiman had talked about different ideas of doing more with these characters. Um, so what they did was Neil Gaiman took a lot of those ideas that they had and made season two of this show. And because they've been on earth for like eternity, like forever, they were able, you're able in this season, they're able to go back and tell stories from a lot of different time periods that they call mini So like, there's a whole overarching story for the season, but in a lot of the episodes, it deviates from that and tells this other story in a different time period, which is, that sounds fun. which is very fun. Uh, and I was talking to my wife about it cause she's, she's, she's all, she's like, she's like, we need to watch this. So Tumblr doesn't spoil it for me. 
Um, <laughs> so we were talking about this in the car ride uh, before the show, and she was like, what Neil Gaiman has said is this is just the in-between story for the actual sequel. Like he has an idea for the actual sequel that they're going to do. And if Amazon doesn't pick it up for a season three, he's just going to write, he's going to write the book. But I, let me tell you, I, I've enjoyed this show. I love Michael Sheen and David Tennant together. The chemistry is fantastic. The way they play off of each other in this and on stage is fantastic. I was a wreck at the end of this. In a way that really? I was not expecting, because it's, it's a, such a fun show, but it got just hit me emotionally, um, and I, I think this show definitely needs a season three. So, this is such an easy sell for me. I'm currently in the middle of reading Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. Okay, it's like my fate. He's he's my favorite author. Um, have you have you I, read Good Omens? I, never. I own it. Uh, I own yeah. it. I just haven't read it yet. So one of the ones, one of the things I want to know is the thing I love the most about what he does with Discworld is that every book in Discworld is basically asking a question. Things like, are existing power structures good enough? Things like, should the old ways of doing things be questioned? Those kinds of things. Does Good Omen ask those broad-ranging questions that Pratchett like to weave into his novels? I I, I think so uh, because it, okay. it it deals a lot with heaven and hell, and. Okay. Um, the, the the relationship between Crawley and Azrael is very complicated, and I don't want to say too much. Okay. But the, but at the end of the day, they are they rely on each other for a lot. And um, I don't know if you guys have seen clips of staged with Michael Sheen and David Tennant. I've watched it, some of it. It's really good. The two of them together are just fantastic, and the yeah. the. The way they they perform these characters is is phenomenal. Um, so Devin, I think if you like read the book, watch season one, but then definitely watch season two because okay, yeah. And you'd recommend book first? I would say so. Um, okay. Just or you can watch the show first. The show the first season of the show has Michael McKean in it as well. Oh, fun. So, okay, I, I've been um, holding off on a show called The Silo. Because we have the book and I want to read the book first. Okay. I heard that's pretty popular, so maybe I'll have to read the book first for this. Yeah. Um, I it's haven't read the so book, cool. so. It's an Apple TV Plus thing. No, no, yeah. no. I I know. I just, you said Silo, and then it reminded me that I saw the trailer for that. And mm-hmm. my first thought was, oh, so someone watched The Matrix and decided to make a, a, sh- a show about uh, Xenon or Zion. Zion. Uh, Oh, is the, no, is, is because the thing, a lot of those shots look very familiar to what Scion look 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 I, uh, look looked like. I really want the the theme song to, for Silo to just be a Weird Al parody of Shallow, like in the Silo. <laughs> <laughs> um, hire him, guys. Yes. Um, yeah, the, Good Omens too. Check it out, uh, Devin. How about you? So. I have been watching season two of The Bear. Uh, I know I talked about season one of The Bear to you guys later earlier. Have you guys seen any of The Bear since my recommendation? I've 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 hovered on it on Hulu so many times. <laughs> Ryan, have you? I've, I've seen a bear in the wild. Is that what you're talking about? It is actually. It is in fact. Uh, no, it's it's a it's a TV show about a young chef. 
who inherits his now deceased brother's restaurant in Chicago. It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, most episodes are 30 minutes long. It's so good. Is that the one that came out like a year, year and a half ago? Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I am familiar with this. I have a few friends on my Facebook that were line chefs and cooks at like bars and restaurants and they went nuts over the fur uh over it when 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 it when it when it uh first came out because of how realistically it depicted the life of like a line cook or like a line chef so yes i am familiar with this yeah. Good. Yeah, it's it's worth the watch. The episodes aren't long. I watched one very long episode today. That was incredible. I love this show. I will recommend it all up and down. And it stars uh, Jeremy Allen White, who we've all seen in the spectacular movie 43. Uh, <laughs> it also stars... Uh, oh, man, I wish I knew how to pronounce her name. Ayo Edebiri. Who? And is a possible lead into the next topic. Wasn't something Ryan's going to talk about. Okay. But yeah, give it a watch. It's really good. Really, really good, guys. I love it. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I have watched videos of recipes from this on the Binging with Babish channel. <laughs> so you saw the, you saw the, uh, what was it? The, the not sweet or the savory cannoli and the, um, I didn't see that one. I potato saw the po- chip, potato chip omelet. Yeah. Oh, I want to make it so bad. I want to. I want to make everything that he makes. Yes. Um, which I've done before with great success. Uh, Have you? What What was your favorite one? Quick. Oh, the the Cubanos from Chef. Yes, those were fantastic. I've had yeah. those. I can attest to um, that. Uh, in a close second up is his, the the Moist Maker um, cranberry sauce that he, <laughs> he makes. Like that 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 uh, was the first time. I, that was like the first video of his I saw, and from that point on, I was hooked. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. But yeah, uh, one of us went to the theaters this week uh, and has a story to tell. Uh, Ryan, what would you see this week? Um, I went to go see the new Ninja Turtles movie, uh, uh, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, I I know that I could have gone seen like Barbie or Up or Oppenheimer, but. Things worked out where I was able to see a movie at 9.25 in the morning, <laughs> and I took it. <laughs> Incredible. It's such a crazy time for a movie. You're truly oh, a hero. It, it is a crazy time for a movie at first, but I can't tell you how amazing it was to walk out of the movie theater and it only to be like 11 o'clock in the morning. You could have still caught him at Griddle, man. <laughs> I mean... I wouldn't, but yes, I could have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I ended up going. Um, I thought up until like five minutes in into the movie that I was going to be the only one there for the entire thing. But then a mom walked in with her son. And then Aww. eventually another guy walked in like 10 minutes after like the lights went dark. Um, so I wasn't the only one there, but I was decent enough. Like I was able to literally wait a little bit and I moved over a seat so I could be dead center. Nice. <laughs> Good job. Because nice. like I got the right aisle, but not exactly the right seat. Um, but anyway, I was just looking forward to seeing how how this new interpretation of the Turtles was going to be. Because... 
my turtles are my tur- turtles. It's the original animated series, which I have the DVD set right behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, like those are my turtles. The original two movies. Um, the younger the and as the generations, you know, like come in after me into the uh, like brand of the turtles, whatever interpretation they have is theirs. I'm not going to boo-boo on it because it's not what I grew up with. I'm not going to yeah, do that. Fair. So I wanted to see this movie just to see what the new interpretation was going to be. So I just knew how things were going to go in the future with it. That was mm-hmm. really it. I really wasn't expecting to really leave the theater going, hey, I want to see the rest of this story. And I left the theater going, I can't wait for the show to come out to continue this storyline and then eventually for the second movie really? uh, to come out. Yeah, so I read that there's going to be a TV show that's going to be like a season or two, and then it's going to finish off with wait, 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 the sequel uh, to it. This first movie is just an hour and 40 minutes of uh of of them setting their baseline for how the show is going to go uh they made some uh tweaks to the core story which i was completely fine with um they made some villains into friends which i am perfectly fine with um and i can't wait to see where this goes like you still have all of the original uh 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 archetypes like Mm -hmm. they even have a crane character it's not crane but it pretty much is crane from the cartoon interesting um and they they use tgri a lot heavier like they play a massive role in the storyline it's not just oh they're the company that dropped the vial like no they're like a core part of this whole thing um i'm impressed with it and I want to see where it goes. I I really want to see this. I do too. Um, <laughs> I I've I've read in places that it's this and across the Spider Verse that are like head for head best picture, best animated picture nominees. Like I figured, Spider Verse would have edged this out just based on what they said. Is you would you consider it kind of the same, Ryan? I would. I mean, this is definitely as like. For me, it was as entertaining as the newest Spider-Verse movie. Okay. But if I was given the choice of, hey, who wins over yeah. like over these two, I'm giving it to Spider-Verse. Okay. Okay. Um, have, hmm? yeah. I have four questions for you then, whether okay. or not I'll see the movie. Does, does Leonardo lead? Oh my god. Okay, so all of that is still good. So Donatello does machine. I, I know exactly Raphael what you're doing. Raphael is still cool but rude. I, I I I know exactly what you're doing. Please don't <laughs> yell into the mic. Please don't I'm yell going into to. the mic. So yes. Um Perfect. and plus they're fifteen years old. So it's not just that they teenage. do all these things. They're mm-hmm. learning to do all of those things in this movie. That's cool. So Leonardo learns how to be an effective leader like halfway through the film. I, I have one question that's not going to be nearly as annoying as or loud as Devin's. Um, okay. <laughs> is there a ninja rap? Oh. Uh, okay. So enough said. Don't don't is, just is, stop. Just stop. The, listeners, his face lit up. His face lit up. No, nope, I, I I am going. I am ending the show early so I can go see this tonight. No, I'm not. So, 
I got to go watch all um, murders in the building. Uh, I got you. So I don't remember any of the actors' names because I'm not that kind of person. I can't retain that type of stuff. But I do have to say that the one person I do know, Jackie Chan, plays an amazing oh. splinter. Okay. Yeah, he does really, really well, and I love what they did with his character. That's partly where some of the core changes play in. Okay. And that's all I'll say. But Very it's cool. really good, and it feels like New York. Ooh, I like that. Like, awesome. this movie feels like New York. It's great. Awesome. All right, cool. And it's and it's a working-class movie. I just want to get that out there. <laughs> it's a working-class <laughs> I mean, it's a worker summer, so... Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On that note, let's get into today's main topic, Devin's pick for the week to round out our San Francisco trilogy of films that we didn't mean to do, but just happened to stumble upon. Um, Disney's George of the Jungle, starring Brendan Fraser, Leslie Mann, and Thomas Hayden Church. Which is not a working class movie. (laughs) No, guys, (laughs) listen, I wanted a fun one this week. I don't know about you guys, but... I know that we've all had very different levels of difficulty with this last month of July, and I just wanted to end it on a fun note. I haven't seen this movie in forever. Maybe this is bending the rules, because I feel like neither of us is entirely new to this movie, but I know (laughs) that I haven't seen it so long I forgot it was a Disney movie, even though they literally end it on Pride Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, like... (laughs) forgot about it guys like that's seriously why i figured that i was like oh okay well that makes sense because of the ending for you and you didn't know completely forgot oh my god yes it's probably bending the rules but i think we've been doing this show for so long that we have to bend the rules from time to time because the rule if anyone's watching and doesn't know the rule the rule for this show the concept of the show is to make each other watch movies that one of us has never seen but I think with something like this, looking at it with the eyes of an adult 26 years after it came out, you pick up on so much that you missed as a kid. And that's uh-huh. a lot of what I want to talk about with this, because <laughs> I remember watching this as a kid, too. But so many of the jokes had to go over my head then. Um, exactly. And there are just things about this that I forgot that I absolutely loved yeah exactly the same for me and and for me a lot of the older stuff and we'll, we'll have to get into it is like some of the slapstick humor some of the toilet humor is what i really remember from it not the jokes that i loved this time around by a wide margin so i mean let's let's just one by one what did you all think of the second time yes I'm going to be honest. I appreciate the theme song a lot more this yes. time around. Yeah. Uh, but what was your guys' experience like watching it as, you know, 30 plus year olds? R- Ryan, you want to go first? 
Yeah, sure. So um, I have a different experience with watching this as an adult than you guys do, because for anyone who wasn't here last week, uh, when Devin said he was going to do this movie, I was like, oh, I just, Kristen and I just watched this like two weeks ago, and we had. Um, this is one of those movies that occasionally, if we're bored and we don't have time to watch a full movie, we'll throw this on, because if we don't get to the ending, we don't care, because it's just a funny mm-hmm. movie. Um so I have been well versed in the adult humor in this movie for a very long time. <laughs> um and my favorite scene in this went uh as a little kid um was multiple scenes of just the silliness and the slapstick humor and you know like that whole thing. But as an adult, my favorite scene is when uh Ursula's friend comes over. And he wanders out of the shower and there and it's everything from when she makes eye contact with him to when they're sitting down on the couch talking about it. And she is just the thirstiest human being on the planet. She She, like can barely contain herself on that couch. Like it's so funny. Yeah, so I mean that is that is my favorite scene of this simply because of like of like her facial expression and like oh I see why they made him king of the jungle. Oh. <laughs> oh. Alan, what was it like watching it for you? I so I'm still getting settled into my new place. One of the things I did this past weekend was set up my childhood uh, tube TV in my space. So like right over there, I have a, my two TV hooked up to my VCR and PlayStation two and N64. I really wish I had my VHS tape of this to watch. Um, because it was just pure nostalgia. Like, I think this is one of those movies that my sisters watched all the time. And I, I was like, eh, I'm not going to complain about this one. Um, mm-hmm. and like it came out at a time where Disney was really into like jungle men for some reason. Like, I don't know what was yeah. going on there, but like, I will like given the choice between this and Tarzan, this a hundred percent. Even without even, rewatching it, even before the rewatch, yeah. like I would just be like George of the jungle. Like I support Brandon Fraser. I've got the pin. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the humor in this, is very risque for a for a kids movie like there are just things that there were things in the opening animation titles that i was like they they put this in a movie like this is like they they got away with this um you're going to have to point yeah. some of them out the, well the, the first one that i can think of is there's a there's a guy who puts on like an animal mask and then an animal comes up to him and is like hey like he's about oh, yeah. to um, to uh to mate with him because mm-hmm. and the, the, how many times they say mate in the movie is just like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But like the sense of humor in this is just like the narrator is fantastic. Like I always like a narrator who, who breaks the fourth wall and like, it's just, I think my favorite line from it is like, but, the, but no one dies in this movie. So he just, has a lot of bandages like right <laughs> like it, it's just like the way they play with the just the silliness of the story and like it parodies itself it parodies tarzan and 
all of that. And it, it, it's just so much fun. And I think a part of that comes from Brendan Fraser's performance. I mean, he's incredible in it. And, and really, I think a lot of people are. And it's funny because when I think back to this movie, when I recommended it, I recommended it because I knew that part of it took place in San Francisco. I recommended it because Brendan Fraser. And I also recommended it because I haven't watched it in years since I was a little kid. And all I really remember from it was just, I remember people overacting a lot or like really like playing to the camera, really hamming it up. And I forgot that that was just a style choice. Like when I was a little kid, I think like all of me thought like, this is what they think acting is. Oh no, haven't they seen movies where people act harder? And I like this whole time. I'm like, no, no, this whole movie is like a vibe. Like, I love this. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's like every time you say stuff like that, I always go back to 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 when you were like, I didn't like this Mary Poppins as a kid because I saw cartoon penguins and I got upset yes. in like first grade about it. Like, I'm always going back to that with you whenever you say stuff like, as a little kid, I thought the overacting was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's literally what you just said. Like, I know. That's... Listen. Go ahead, Alan. <laughs> no, what's amazing to me is like, that's from like the second episode you were on, Devin, and Ryan still it goes back to that. I mean, like, it ha- yeah. hasn't changed. Young Devin is yeah. still as deplorable as he was now. Um, for me, like, this was my introdu- introduction to the three main char- three main actors, Brendan Fraser, Leslie Mann, and Thomas Hayden Church. So when Spider-Man 3 came out and I saw Sandman, I was like, oh, hey, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the jerk <laughs> from George of the Jungle. Because I saw this before I saw The Mummy. I, I even saw The Mummy Returns before I saw The Mummy. Um, Weird. And then, like... Whenever Leslie Mann shows up in uh, what, what, Big Daddy or yeah. any of the Judd Apatow stuff, I was like, yeah, yeah, she's, she's from George of the Jungle. Like, this is my baseline for those three actors. <laughs> <laughs> what a baseline, though. I mean, so I was doing some research on the movie. This is what got Brendan Fraser the mummy. And I didn't know that. And that's a very cool fact. Um, I have a lot of like weird behind the scenes facts about the movie if we want to get there. But before we dig into parts of the movie we like, before we dig into all that stuff, I just want to tell you, I want to share a piece of my day with both of you. Because I watched the movie and it like reminded me of exactly what Ryan had just said about Young Me. So I went straight to IMDb and I went straight to the one star sections, uh, one star reviews of the movie. And I just started reading all of them in a snide voice. And guys, it has just made my day to do stuff like that. Just to, like, find, like, reflections of young Devin, but, like, that are somehow 40-some now. Just incredible. And it's really, like, helped me get through today. Uh, If you don't mind, may I perform one of them for you? Absolutely. Give me three. Uh, This one's plenty long, but this is one of my favorite ones. Because it helps encapsulate, like, the level of, like, annoying that you can get with a comedy movie like this. It is really not. So it is. I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? This film is what it is. But what it is, is terrible. It's a badly conceived load of utter rubbish that could only appeal to the lamest of brains or children. I like Brendan Fraser a lot. He's a good comedic actor, but this simply is not a good comedy. Richard Roundtree must have been desperate to appear in such a film and has completely blown any credibility he used to have. 
I'm aware that John Cleese has to pay loads of alimony to ex-wives, so he needs to do whatever comes his way, as he doesn't <laughs> actually appear just a voice performance. I imagine he simply did it for the money. It's a stupid movie for kids and has no other pretensions, but what it compares to, say, Nanny McPhee, which is in a similar unrealistic tone, then it suffers very badly. In short, it's the sort of film which actors appear in and then spend most of the rest of their careers living down. Okay. okay. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the love child of Alan Rickman and Orson Welles. (laughs) I was going to say that sounds like an off-key version of uh, Nathan Lane's character from from The Birdcage. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love the idea of just like budget Alan Rickman. But yeah, uh, I've been doing that all day. Romana came to me the other day. She's like, Devin, who are you talking to? I'm like, no one. I'm reading reviews in a pretentious voice to myself. This is what I do with my life. I just, there, I love there, it. I, as long as you're off drugs, like that's, like it could be worse. <laughs> it could be. But like, this is the kind of stuff that like I would have said had this podcast happened to like a, I mean, heck, even like a 22 year old Devin, like had we had that podcast, this isn't a good movie. This isn't the best comedy I've seen. The jokes are for babies. Come on now. Like, people like this and people like old Devin, it just, I don't know. I'm, I'm over it now. I'm happy. I mean, <laughs> it's a Disney movie. It's a movie for kids. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think what this film does good, does well, is it gives the humor there for the adults, too. Like, the fact that there are things that you can pick up on watching it 26 years later that you don't see when you watch it on VHS in the 90s, like, that... That says something about the film. Like there, there was thought put into it. Um, I yeah. can't say the same about the sequel, but there's definitely some thought put into this one. So <laughs> I, we'll have to talk about the sequel in a second. So let's talk about that because I'm, I'm curious what you guys picked up on, and I'm curious what I missed in terms of adult jokes. So can you guys rattle off a few, some a few of your kind of favorite adult humor-based jokes in this? For me. I, I touched on the the big one, which was the yeah. the mask in the opening s- segment, and the, how how often they say about making her his mate. Oh yeah. Um, but just some of the lines that Ape says, like just how smart and sophisticated he is, like things that he says make more sense as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Ryan, what about some adult humor for you? So when I was in college and I watched this once, it was the first time I'd seen it in like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this stands out is because I laughed, I think, for about 10 minutes after this line hit. And I have it up on my phone so I can read it exactly what it is. So it's one of the two, uh, like, poacher guys. Mm -hmm. The one that wore all the leather. And he goes... Hey, it's a dude. I told you there wasn't no white ape. You dragged me all the way up here to look at some guy in a leopard skin bikini. If I wanted to see that, I could have gone to Miami. <laughs> yeah. yeah and funny. that, the reason why I busted out laughing for 10 minutes was, was, was because I had just recently, before then, watched the birdcage, like, a week before so my mind went to the bird cage of a a man wearing a leopard you know 
like skin bikini and that's where it was like that says more about that character than i ever thought there actually was <laughs> devin you've seen the birdcage right i have i love the birdcage okay. okay good yeah absolutely love the birdcage i'm so happy I did not mean to bring up that movie twice. It was just Devin no, really sounded like Nathan Lane. Listen, it's worth bringing up. The Birdcage is phenomenal. People don't talk about it enough. The the, the one thing that I, I absolutely forgot about was Brendan Fraser in drag. I um, did forget about that. Absolutely, I did. Um, which is something you get away with in the 90s. But I feel like if you released that scene now, like people would just go bananas. Yeah. Um, nah, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Um, yeah, just like, as long as they're still on the counter and not anywhere else. <laughs> as as the, the, the one, the one thing that's weird watching this now is knowing a bit of what happened to Brendan, Brendan Fraser in Hollywood. Yeah, it, it it feels a little dirty watching him in the leopard print th- like thong the whole time because. Because if you, if you don't know, uh, part of the reason Brendan Fraser disappeared from Hollywood is he was sexually harassed by mm-hmm. uh, by a producer, um, and it just it just feels weird watching him be like practically naked this whole movie because mm-hmm. he's he's barely he barely wears a shirt and he hardly has pants on. Yeah, I mean. The interesting thing about Brendan Fraser coming back after being away for so long is we now know a lot more about the behind the scenes of this movie than we did before. And I, I pulled some stuff. Did you guys know a lot about him from behind the scenes? No. You go ahead and share it because uh, I think it's worth it's interesting. talking about. So one of the things, one of the big things about the movie was, and this even became a point of contention, was his physique in the movie. So he looks great. He looks undeniably great to the point where like Adam Sandler was mad at him because he's, you know, Brendan Fraser is supposed to be a comedian and Adam Sandler, come on, you're showing us all up by being that ripped for a movie. But one of the things that's important to realize is that like being that ripped for a movie has genuine consequences. He was so starved and so out of his mind from this that he said there were times when he like forgot the pin code to his bank account. He said his brain was misfiring all over the place. Like, just trying to keep and hold that physique for this movie did genuine damage to him. And like, this is, it's, it's, there's an interesting trend in Hollywood in leading men to be more and more and more inhumanly unrealistically athletic and buff to the point where like, when, and this is weird to think about, but like in Indiana Jones, in the, the, the very first one, the very first Indiana Jones movie, like Harrison Ford was a ripped dude. He's not, George of the Jungle ripped, but like he was the most athletic looking man in Hollywood at the time. And now you have things like this where it's like unhealthy to be this, this well, you're this in shape. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, that you also have, you also have to take into consideration that there's been a lot of, I guess advancement might be the wrong word, but I can't think of anything else. Uh, advancement in uh, like nutrition, mm-hmm. um, understanding how the human body builds muscle, how to maintain it, what what you have to eat and what you have to do, and your calorie intake and everything. Yeah. And in 1996, I could definitely see in Hollywood them going, "Hey, you need to keep this physique." Yeah. 
Yep. But you've got to do it. And then the actor going, oh, great. I got to starve myself then. Instead yep. of what the Marvel films do, I think from what I've heard, is to where they line up the actors with an actual nu- nu- nutritionist. Oh, good. And and uh, is and, uh, is and personal trainers to help them keep their physiques throughout the movies. To where I would not be surprised if Disney was like, hey, man, that's something you got to figure out. You guys hit on some very interesting points. I think the Harrison Ford of it all, like, mm-hmm. that's 1981. Yeah. Like, mid-80s, you have Schwarzenegger and Stallone doing the, the jacked action movies and being ripped. Oh, yeah, like, you do, don't like you? You have Schwarzenegger, who is a bodybuilder. Like, yeah. And it, that, that became the standard of uh, male, the male form in the eighties. And I think into the nineties, like that's what was expected. And when you like looking at the Marvel of it all, like you have Chris Evans sign on for captain America. He's not signing up for one film. Like Brendan Fraser did here. He's signing up for 10 years of being captain America. When you're building that physique and maintaining it for that long, it's easy. Probably, it's probably easier on the body to to maintain wh- mm-hmm. rather than like, okay, for the next eight months I have to starve myself. Like, yeah, if you're building muscle and eating the, the what you need to eat for that long, like it, it's probably better for you. Like, look at Dwayne Johnson. Uh, like he's like he's infamous for his cheat days where he he's just eats everything, <laughs> but that's because he's on such yeah. a strict diet throughout throughout the rest of the week that he's able to maintain that muscle mass, but not bring people to the box office for black Adam. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, one of the examples that I have about how like things have changed and about how, like, even for like a one-off movie, not, mm-hmm. it's still not healthy to drastically change your body from like its normal shape. Like me, it would not be healthy for me to drastically change my body over the course of five months Mm-hmm. for uh to to do a project that lasts to film for like let's say 50 days 60 days mm-hmm. worth of filming and then to just stop and do everything and then go hard and make a hard right right back to my type of like body that i have um but an example of doing that under a certain guidance to make sure that it's not as much of a shock as it used to be would be the movie 300 those guys that that they got went 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 through like early crossfit training and nutrition to get their bodies to where they were and i only think a handful of them ever tried to keep it up i think everyone else was just like yeah i can eat sandwiches again (laughs) 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 what else behind the scenes of this movie so i have two more like facts and then i have one very silly fact that i know that i that can't be real but i wanted to tell you guys first one is that Apparently, the monkey, the the little actual monkey, not John Cleese animatronic monkey, <laughs> uh, the little actual monkey's name is Crystal, and uh, Brendan Fraser and Crystal did not get along on set. Brendan Fraser is still bitter about Crystal. I uh, I, I think when he told a story on the Graham Norton show about Crystal, yeah, yeah, he did recently about like he would just go up in the rafters and start jerking it. <laughs> yeah, his words. I mean, it's a monkey. Yeah. yeah. Uh and then the other one I have is that apparently he got in trouble with a lot of uh, a lot of parents. So, like, in retrospect, it's easy to kind of look at this as, like, a niche movie. But this movie was a box office hit when it came out. 
it brought in something like 177 million dollars to it's like 55 million that it cost to make like it did well Mm -hmm. uh he got in trouble with parents because kids would try to swing on ropes because of course they would that that's not on him that's on the parents yeah, but you gotta blame you gotta blame Canada. I'm right? saying this. I'm saying this as a kid who had a tire swing in the garage or in the backyard <laughs> would line it up with the tree and bounce the tire off the tree and do the George of the Jungle yell. Yes. Oh man, what I wouldn't give for like footage of that. Wait. Well, that's I, I one of those things. Good. Yeah. Good. Like th- th- this just gets into a thing of parents, like. I don't care what generation. I don't care how far we get advanced. I don't care how far you go back. People always complain about how, like, well, it's ridiculous nowadays. People complain about everything. Yeah, no, I remember, like, I remember this came out in 96, and I was surprised at that because I forgot that this came out in 96 last week. Like, I was like, this came out in 96 because I was having, like, in, 97. 97. 97. Like, I was having a an age panic moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I remember in the news that being a thing. Um, and it's, 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 it's like, I, I'm sure if you go back, some movie came out or there was some radio show that parents were upset because their kids started doing something mm-hmm. like it, it. It's just, people just need to take responsibility for their own kids. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I there's heard, that. I, mean, I heard the original Superman had that problem with kids trying to fly. Jump, jump jumping off the roofs of their house. Yeah. 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 yeah like this is a, Mary Poppins came out and people, uh, um, and kids got hurt because they thought that a, an umbrella would slow them down from jumping off the roof of their house. Like kids do stupid stuff. It doesn't change where they get the stupid stuff from. They're going to do stupid things. Yeah. So my last fact, and this is my most insane fact, and I can't even believe this is real. But if you go into the IMDb page for this movie and you just pop in the trivia section, just about fifth down, very unassumingly attributed to no one, a single sentence, the ground in the jungle was made of mashed potatoes. What? Do you think so? So it's probably the dry instant mashed potatoes. Okay, because there needs to be like a lot more context for like not production design Devin. Yeah, it's it's probably cheaper than getting dirt in. Like if they did this on a soundstage, like it's probably it's probably cheaper to do that. Like mix that with some dirt and color it and. There you go. Okay. That's so that is a much more sensible approach. Let me give you a peek into my mind. I went, oh, sometimes he leaves an imprint of himself when he lands. They put a big old pool of mashed potatoes on the ground so he could leave a nice <laughs> imprint when he lands. That's what I thought that was. Yours is so much more reasonable. You know, that that could be too. <laughs> like if that's how they did the imprints, that would make sense. But I would probably say they did that with like foam. Probably, because probably yeah, like, yeah. I feel like mashed potatoes aren't very cushioning. Like if I could land in foam or mashed potatoes, it would be foam. Oh, if I could land in a vat of mashed potatoes, I definitely would. <laughs> I wonder if it hurts. Hmm. But I, you're, in, you're surrounded I, by mashed potatoes at the end of it, so. Next time I, we're together, guys, we have to try this. I mean, 
I would too, and I think that's the American speaking in me. I mean, I've got the, <laughs> I've got the Sam's Club membership. I will go stock up on instant mashed potatoes. <laughs> yes. So, oh. I have a question about uh, f- f- for you guys that has to do with just the whole uh, like George of the Jungle, everything about George of the Jungle. Okay. Did you guys ever? Okay, so uh, it, it was either Cartoon Network. I believe it was Cartoon Network, it was Nickelodeon, when I was in elementary school, so we're talking the early to mid-90s here, um, where late at night, I say late at night, like 9 o'clock, um, or 10 even, one of the channels would switch and show cartoons from, like, the mid-70s. Did either, did either of you guys remember watching or seeing the 1970s George of the Jungle cartoon? No, I that, never have. That, that was past my bedtime, so no. Okay. So it was very basic animation, and I was watching that on my own. My dad never told me about it. It was just I was up late. I had a TV in my room. I, I was the only kid. So if anybody's like, he had a TV in his room... I grew up in an upper middle class family. I was the only kid. I had a small TV in my room, whatever. So I would watch what was ever I could watch on TV if I couldn't sleep. So wait till your father gets home, George of the Jungle, all of these old mid 70s cartoons they would play. And I would watch it. And then this movie started coming out. And that's when my parents realized that that, 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 that they had to go in my room and set the parental control on the TV. Because I was like, oh, this is great. This is based off that cartoon. This is based off the cartoon I was watching. And my dad was like, there's a George of the Jungle cartoon? And I was like, yeah, they play it late late at night on, on like Cartoon Network. Or again, I can't remember if it was Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. And he was like, where do you watch this? I was like, my room. And then that's when they realized that we didn't, like, the cable box wasn't needed to, like, convert the signal into channels to the house. Yeah. So I was getting all of the cable channels in my room <laughs> <laughs> well as done. a little kid. Um and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> no, nothing else needs to be said. We know. We all know. <laughs> so, um, George of the Jungle was created by Jay Ward, who also created Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Bullwinkle the Moose, and Dudley Do-Right. Of that was Amazing. also watching all of those, too. Yeah, I was also watching all of those. It was Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, George of the Jungle, and then it was a mixture of, like, Dudley Do-Right and, like, the original uh, 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 Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. Well, so my you, only correct connection. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, you go ahead. The only connection I have to the original source material is that, and I was trying to look it up and I can't find it. When I was young, my dad used to belong to that, like, oh, you remember those clubs where you would sign up to and you could get like three CDs for a dollar, but you had to pay like twenty dollars yeah. a month or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got some gems from that one. I got like the best of the Simpsons music from that. I also got one called, I think it's called Tunes from the Tunes, and it was nothing but a collection of, like, cartoon theme songs. And my big connection to this is George the Theme Song was one of the jams on that CD. Like, one of the better ones, alongside, like, Josie and the Pussycats and, like, the <sighs> Super Chicken song. So I'm glad you brought up, the, the, the like, CDs and stuff because... One of the things that stuck with me from watching this again yeah. um, was that 
De La song that they play a few times in the movie where it has like yeah. a trumpet line. And I was yeah. like, that slaps. Like, I, I want to yeah. find the soundtrack. I looked up the soundtrack on Mercari. They do not have it on CD. I haven't checked eBay yet, so I could oh. be wrong. I found they have it on cassette. We're going to play a game. How much do you think the cassette tape of George of the Jungle soundtrack goes for? It's got to be two fifty. It's got to be like like five bucks plus shipping or something like that. Ryan, do you want to guess? It's going to be north of uh, eighty dollars. No way. Um, the they they have two copies on here. One is going for fifty dollars. The other is going for seventy two. I'm so upset. Well, I was wrong, but at least I was closer than Devin. <laughs> so speaking of the soundtrack, um, the one thing I wanted to bring up is they do a remix version of George of the Jungle. The main one is by a band called the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, uh, I love that band. Yeah, they're a ska band, right? I want to say they're ska. They're a 90s alternative. 90s alternative rock music. It all washes out to ska for me. Oh my god, no, Devin, so, oh my god, that's, no, 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 I, I will, like, I'm going to Google that right now, because, okay. oh my god, um, Devin, do you know what song they did in the 90s that you should be familiar with? No, no, I they don't. Did, they did oh a song god. that Weird Al covered, or parodied. Did they? What did they do? Yes, they did Lump. That's lo- oh, that's lump. Okay, got they, it. They also did Cleveland Rocks. Did you carry show theme song? Yeah. All right. So I checked it on eBay. The cassette tape yeah. still goes for fifty dollars on on eBay. Uh, the insane. CD the CD goes for like five dollars. That's that's so. Your best um, tune in next week where I give my review of the soundtrack, The George of the Jungle on CD. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of the entries on the soundtrack is George of the Jungle, not the one by that band i thought was ska but it just is like the classic one it's performed by an uncredited weird al yankovic oh interesting yeah so he's well, he's somewhere well, in this movie i i know I how the know. uh the the podcast is going to end today um how is it going to end <laughs> i well, you'll have to listen to the podcast and find out i can't wait um so devin you said you wanted to talk about the sequel did you watch the sequel I tried. I genuinely tried. Uh, I turned it on and I got to coconut soccer and went, uh, and then turned it off. Did you at least get to the point where they make jokes about Brendan Fraser not coming back? No, that's probably like minute five in the movie. Yeah. Like how bad from was what, it? From what I, I, I didn't watch it. Uh, from what I read though, he would have come back if they had asked, but they didn't ask. Why not? I feel just like I, if I had to guess money, money, like they didn't want to have to pay him or Leslie Mann, but they could still get Thomas Hayden church, which is weird. Um, <laughs> he just does it for free, man. Yeah. He's not in um, it for the money. Disney did that thing where all their sequels went straight to video and DVD. That's so right, yeah. budget budgets were smaller. Um, and the new version of that is Disney plus. So yes, but yeah. yeah. Ryan, Ryan, tell me, tell me. I see your frustrated face googling. Do you know the song Peaches? Peaches? Yeah. That's yeah. the presidents of the United States of America. Oh, that's them. Yes, that's them. Oh, okay. 
Not the one. No, no, no. It's not. Oh, oh, okay. You're 30 years old. You should know this. (laughs) 30 years old. You are you. You are a millennial, Devin. I don't. I don't see much. They they just don't come up for me. I don't like that song, Peaches, very much. It's too obvious a double entendre. I don't know. Insert a Devin reason for I don't like the song here. You prefer the the Super Mario. I'm still angry, but all of my venting is done. I'm still angry, but all my venting's done. All right, anything else for George of the Jungle we want to touch on before we wrap this up? That's all I got, man. I, I, it, it was a fun watch. It's always a fun watch. Um, other than the slapstick humor, my favorite, like, side story in, in this is just the mom and, like, how much she gets owned. Yeah. Like throughout the entire film, like you can tell that she just wants to control everything, but she can't. And everyone just kind of just like looks at her and just kind of goes on their way. And I feel like the best reaction to her is, is her husband at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I I think my favorite moment and my favorite like side story in this whole thing is the tour group, like the, the tour leaders, like the scene where Lyle gives them the Polaroid camera and then, they don't, oh. they don't give you subtitles for what he's saying. And then he just pulls out a camera and takes a picture after Lyle's like from America. And then he just pulls out a way nicer camera and then just lays it to him about, Oh, well it, your camera's great, but it doesn't have the zoom lens and he, your lens yeah. is dirty. Like I, he has something you can clean it off with. Like as a camera guy, like that, just that I lost it at that. That, that was my favorite <laughs> moment of this whole thing. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I so I feel like a good um, to pull it back to what I said about the Turtles movie being like a working class movie and this one not. I feel like a good indoctrination triple feature would be um, the, the would be the new Turtles movie, mm-hmm. this and then Bugs Life. Get the kids young on the workers movement. I see. Yay. It. I see. The <laughs> the kid. Well done. Well done, Ryan. Okay. I'm good. All right. Anything else for <laughs> this week? That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, that's all I've got too. Um, except for one thing, I do want to point out the uh, the pin that I am wearing. Um, incredible. It's incredible. It. I have it up on the screen for anyone watching at home. It is by an artist named Karen Halley, who I'm going to put there. Um, I'm going to put the link to her Instagram on in the chat. Go check her out. I always find art at her stand at New York Comic Con. Um, she does some great Ted Lasso prints. Um, one of one is just Ted Lasso, and it says "Believe." The other one is Warren Kent. It says um, Yeah. So uh, <laughs> check that out. Uh, if you support Brendan Fraser, she has uh, pins, stickers, prints. Uh, go check that out. Because uh, anytime we talk about Brendan Fraser, I'm going to wear this pin. So good. Um, that does it for this week's uh, You Have to Watch This Podcast. Uh, come out and see us at Harrisburg Comic Con August 26th and 27th. Uh, Ryan and I are going to be spending next week getting things ready for that. So there will not be any show next live show next week. Uh, we will be releasing, well, they might be, maybe we'll do something live. Um, cause we'll be here in, in the basement. Uh, it might just be Ryan and I playing air hockey cause I got the air hockey table up. 
but uh, we Let me we, know. we might do we might do something next week. Uh, Devin will be traveling to Italy um, to get that spicy meatball. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we will taking be taking next week <laughs> off, but we will be back in two weeks with Ryan's pick. Ryan, what are you going to have us watch in two weeks? Finally, High Anxiety, my favorite Mel Mel uh, Mel Brex movie. Um, I feel like you guys have seen enough John Hancock at this point to see High Anxiety. So we're going to do that after, in two weeks. Perfect. Yeah. So that'll be in two weeks. So tune in then. Uh, come see us at Harrisburg Pop and Comic Con. Um, if you're going to be in Italy, say hi to Devin. Um, Please do. If you can find yeah. him. I'll be around. It's like it's me. like where's Waldo? Only he's gonna be wearing a black t shirt. <laughs> nope, I have several brightly colored shirts. Oh I'm I'm I, I'm Italian, Devin. Ah, let's play week. a game of let's find the awkward American. It's gonna be right away. Fluorescent yeah. <laughs> pink Devin uh-huh. all week. For you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And don't wear twenty pounds of black leather into the jungle. Podcast.